was this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm Broadcasting from the top of the Ferris wheel at the Smogville World's Fair, it is the World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton SLC. And I am Sean Black. Smogville. Try our new drinkable water, now with 20% more chloramine. Smogville. Ooh. Sounds good. It's, it's, yeah, you can finally drink it. I know. It's been, a, it's been a beast. It's been a problem up to now. Yeah. So what is World Champion Podcast? It is a comedy, pop culture, general bullshit podcast. Right. Forgive my language. Uh, we are... Veterans of the podcasting world, we signed a bad contract with the World's Fair, and we are now one of the attractions right. in Smogville, home of the world's largest coal miner graveyard. Indeed. just feel like I should remind people of that every now and then. Well, you got to kind of paint the picture. If we're stuck here, we might as well enjoy it. Right. Might as well take it all in, learn about all the cultural treasures about around this town. Well, I was taking a stroll through the town, and in fact, I passed something, an old building called the Garfield School. Okay. You might be familiar with this. Do you think that is a school named for Garfield or a school about how to be Garfield? And we're talking about the orange cat, right? Of course. Not the late president. So there's going to be, I would, gosh, I don't know, maybe a little bit of both. Because you, you hear people who say, I'm going to hair school. Right. Is there someone who's going to Garfield school and has to go practice kicking a yellow dog? Right. And they have to practice hating Mondays. So I guess yeah. there's no class on Mondays. No, they'd ha- to learn to hate it, it's got to be the most difficult day. Yeah, on, Mondays on, are bad. It's like a 12-hour day. Yeah, it starts at 6.45 a.m., mm-hmm. lunch is at 7.15 a.m., mm. <laughs> and then the whole rest of the day until sundown. Man, I hate eating when I first wake up. Are you like that? Are you? I'm not a big breakfast man unless I'm having breakfast in the afternoon. Right. I, I enjoy just... breakfast foods, but I don't like eating I until I've been h- awake for a while. Yeah, I, I have a hard time eating in the morning. Yeah. I don't like. I hate breakfast, and I don't like breakfast. And I don't know if it's just the association, but I I generally don't like breakfast food. I don't like eggs and bacon and sausage, and pa- I'm growing to like pancakes more and more. But I mean, the standard like yeah. breakfast just sounds like the most disgusting thing you can shovel in your mouth when you first woke up. <laughs> Greasy pig meats. You, you, you know, down the, the hatch. Okay, how, how about this too? I I also don't like seeing people smoke. The first thing in the morning. Nothing grosses me out more than when someone comes out on their porch in like a bathrobe with coffee and smokes. Oh, yeah. I see that all the time. That seems like... And I talk to people who are like, oh, but I can't. I just love that first cigarette in the morning. It sounds sounds weird. Yeah. Morning, you need to ease into morning. Definitely. Right? Or or am I looking at the wrong way? Do you need to just... It's like jumping in a cold lake. No, I I guess everyone does their thing. Well, see, I do... I don't ease into morning. I rush through it. I hit snooze until the last possible minute. Mm-hmm. And I have time to take a shower, wash half my body. You're right. right. Uh, sometimes forget to put on a shirt and get to work. <laughs> and if I'm lucky, 
I have five minutes and I can stop at a coffee house or uh, make some coffee. Right. But I'm not going to get up early enough to prepare food, do a dish, eat it. Yeah. That's uh, sometimes online when I'm reading threads of some kind, people will talk about getting up and watching TV before work. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I got up and I had some breakfast. Then I watched that new episode of this show. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you get what? Well, how? Yeah. You guys are getting up at 5 a.m. or what? Or, or you just are so good at time management that you have, okay, I have to watch this, start watching this at 710. It's over by 730. Like, to me, the morning is, is actually a real good lesson in, in how time works in the universe, <laughs> yeah. how, how it goes faster and slower at certain times. Yeah, totally. It's always faster in the morning. When I feel like if I was at work and it was 10.30 and I'd already been awake five hours, I'd be devastated. Right. Like, my goodness, I've been awake five hours and I've got seven more hours of this. Yeah. And how suddenly, once you get to work, time goes from rushing past where you have no time to even eat anything yeah. or, or make a cup of coffee to the point where a minute is, is an eternity. It's, it's, it's really uh, some kind of Stephen Hawking's thing. Situation. Yeah, I don't know if that's the I proper scientific is. term, but Stephen Hawking situation. It's kind of a St- Stephen Hawking scenario. It's an SHS. Right. right yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's what they call it in the scientific community. Which is which is an unfortunate acronym because a lot of I've heard a lot of people that get lost at sea and they try to do SOS will end up doing SHS. Right, and then they get sucked into a black hole. Yeah. And age weirdly. It's it's like the it's like Interstellar. Mm-hmm. You're up in space doing all kinds of weird shit. Let's get, let's get more. Let's get grounded. Let's come back to reality. Breakfast still? We're still talking about breakfast? No, no I want to talk about it's the political season. Oh, yeah. It's Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Yeah. For our international listeners who don't know what that is, Google it because I don't quite know what it is either. All right. It, it's, from what I understand, it's when 11, is it 11 states? Something like get that. Get to caucus. Caucus. And what's the difference between a caucus and a primary? Uh, all right, stall for time. Okay. I I don't know. <laughs> that didn't work at all. I thought the stalling would help. No, what our listeners don't realize is that we actually paused it, and then co- went consulted our some of our books. And then we even drove to the library, but the, the library was closed. Right. We went down to the Garfield School Library. Guess what they have? Only Garfield books. Only, yeah. It's a, but that's it's a big library. It's huge. <laughs> it's, it's that, little, that little fuzzball's been charming us for 35 years. He's been doing a lot of shit. So, yeah, Super Tuesday. And this is the point where I, I just want to say enough is enough. This is madness. If you, if you know anything about, about politics, this presidential race is madness that they're going to get caught up in all this superhero hype. Because Yeah, is it cross-promotion with Batman v Superman? Yeah, it's, some, it's either that or Avengers 3. I don't know what the big Marvel movie this year is. But they decided, like, let's, let's combine our superhero promotion with this election that's also real popular. Mm-hmm. And let's, ha- let's call it Super Tuesday. And, you know, I'm rolling my eyes when I hear this. And then we used to have delegates, you know, <laughs> yeah. to help choose the candidates. And they thought this would be really cool if we had delegates with superpowers. Super- it would be, li- it'd be, it'd be like the Avengers. Super delegates. Super delegates. Well, it's just classic out-of-touch politicians who are just jumping on whatever they think the buzzwords are, whatever the trends are, things they don't fully understand. Yeah, Because remember, in the 80s, it was Buddy Cop Tuesday. Yeah, it was. It was Buddy Cop Tuesday. And there was always the politician, and then his wild, unpredictable partner would yeah. go with him, 
And they would have this weird campaigning in the, in this weekend. Yeah. Where they would they would reenact scenes from movies. They would get too old for shit. <laughs> you know. Right. That but was the catchphrase. Now it's Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. I need enough super delegates in order to win this super presidency. It's just it's just silly. I think we should just go back to a presidential race and then leave the Avengers and X-Men's and and whatever else Superman versus whoever you said. Batman. Batman. Heard of him? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Enough is enough, man. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, and that's uh, we try not to get into politics on the show. Mm, yeah. But sometimes something so happens just, that's it, just so outrageous. Yeah, it, boil, it makes my blood boil. Yeah, we Oop. still haven't uh, we still haven't met the mayor of Smogville yet. Speaking of politics, that's true. I'm curious about that. I, I think I sort of caught him in silhouette, and it was very very strange. Well, the thing that I find most strange about the Capitol building is how often they're drawing down those those blinds. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time I'm, I just, I'm even walking by with an ice cream cone, it's, it's conveniently located between an ice cream shop and the local grocery store. Yeah. So I end up walking past the Capitol all the time. Every time I glance over, someone, a silhouette is kind of looking at me and then pulls down a curtain or pulls down a, a blind. Yeah. And that just seems like, what is the deal? Why, would they, why are they always closing the windows when I walk by? Yeah. And it is just bizarre. We're going to keep investigating this, so stay tuned for more of that. Um, you know what's interesting is that I have so many interesting things to talk about mm-hmm. that I can't talk about, I don't think. Okay. There's uh, hashtag Flightgate, which I haven't even told you about. Flightgate. Flightgate. I don't think I can talk about that yet. Sounds controversial. Pending, pending legal proceedings. Okay. Um, there's Coconut Gate. <laughs> which, oh, oh man! Which I think you, I, I think you have told you about that off air. I know, bit. I know, I know. You kind of dabble in coconuts. Yeah, coconut gate. Uh, what else? There's the whole Willie's fiasco. Oh yeah, which I don't feel like talking about. It's um, totally, and it is a fiasco. Yeah, I had a friend from out of town, and I said, "Well, you, Willie's fiasco." Mm-hmm. They're not from out of town, but had been out of town. Right. And and she was like, "What are you talking about?" And I went, "Oh boy, <laughs> don't even get me started. Don't even." Um. I met a fascinating old man. Okay. I'm not going to say where, when, or how, or his name. This is going to be tough, then. He, ha- he lives in a very interesting property All that right. I assumed was abandoned and derelict. And well, I stopped to take pictures. That's kind of an easy mistake in Smogville. It <laughs> absolutely is. Yeah. There's a lot of places that I didn't realize were current residents. Yeah. I thought they were haunted houses. They're trying to take up a collection to do an ad at next year's Super Bowl. Excuse okay. me, big game, big game to sort of like revitalize Smogville and say it's not all haunted houses and scorpion stings, right? Um, but there are a lot of haunted houses. There's a lot of big warehouses that are just full of chains and sparks. <laughs> they just kind of emit sparks and dripping water. Always dripping water. No, no, just terrible lighting. Rust. So much rust. Yeah. The thing that I find interesting is how the chains are always swinging and kind of gently clinking together when yeah. you walk through there. Yeah, and how just every every light bulb, mm-hmm. not quite... Flickering. Fi- flickering. There, there, They're there's all some, flickering. There's some kind of electrical problem. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I was in one of those, and I like to take pictures of that. Okay. Um, so I was taking pictures from, you know, from the side of the road on my side of the barbed wire. So, okay. Because I'm not keen on scaling barbed wire. You're not an urban spelunker? Well, if I, I mean, I've. That's I've a, I don't even know what that means. I just heard a, a politician say that. Yeah, urban spelunker. It's a buzzword. It's a, it is a buzzword. 
Um, and it seems weird that that's such a big issue this election, <laughs> is cutting down on urban speed. I guess it's a problem. We do not want teens going into places that are closed. So a fella comes out. He approaches me. He has black hands. <laughs> okay, like burnt? I don't know. Okay. And I mean black hands, like black. Black is nice. A giant white beard that actually has burrs in it. Okay, that doesn't and, sound good. And uh, and like a, a you know one of those beanie hats. Okay. And uh, and he he comes at me and he's just like, "What are you doing?" And I was you know I I know how these things can go. I say, "I'm just taking pictures." You weren't gonna come in here, were you? No, I wouldn't dream of it. I I saw the fence. I thought this was abandoned. It's not abandoned. It's mine. <laughs> and uh, so I chatted with him for about an hour. A lot really? of conversation about them some bitches up at the county. Oh. Uh, do- he said, "Doggone it a lot." So he was a, a cultured. Man. He ain't. He's done with that bullshit. <laughs> he's eighty years old. I love when people. I love. First of all, I love when see people say bullshit the way you just said it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's I, the only way to say I it. I love when it's really just, just, just like banging a shoe on a table or yeah. something. <laughs> and then I love when someone references their age to really prove the point. Yeah, like, which is, and he was doing both these things repeatedly. And um, bottom line is, had I been an urban spelunker and crossed the property, possibly I would have stepped on a landmine. Really? Yeah. That he planted? They're going to have to... Killing him is just the first part. Oh, no way. So they're coming for him. And when they do, they better hope they kill him on the first shot. But their troubles are just starting. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And what was he so angry about? Power lines near his property. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. I would. I've planted many a landmine in my own property. So booby the, traps. Yeah. So, so how, he said. Oh, so there's booby traps. So this is yeah. like the end of of uh, Skyfall. This is like James Bond's oh, booby, totally, booby trapped totally. house. And it was interesting because for being so curmudgeonly and no trespassing, I could not get away from him. And I was interested in what he had to say because it was the highlight of my day. But for being someone who's like, just leave me alone, doggone it. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, he just wanted to chat forever, and I thought, he must be so lonely living out here in the middle of nowhere in his haunted house. Is he alone in his... In his... He said his son comes to visit sometimes. But otherwise, but he's in the, physically in the building alone. Yeah. Gosh. But he said, anytime I want to get a closer look, just knock on his door, and then he'll show me around. And hopefully not, you know... Cut you he'll up he'll warn you? me. He'll warn me about where the booby traps are. Well, wait. What, like, what? oh, I want to take a picture of that old truck. Oh, no, no, no. There's a bear trap in there. <laughs> so where are the landmines? Is that, does he have little flags? Is there any kind of? And he has a cat. What if the cat steps on the landmines? I don't think cats are heavy enough. I hope not. I think you have to have two pounds. No, cats are more than two pounds. Is it, I, got a... his ca- I met his cat. I don't know where I got that two pound number. Now that I think about it. <laughs> I, just, I have no idea where uh, that I don't know, a Vietnam movie? Must have been a Vietnam Probably movie. Probably a Vietnam movie. So he was an interesting fella. Where do you get landmines? He makes them. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's kind, of, kind of cool and kind of totally batshit. Right. And, you know, what's interesting is that you read about these people or see them on the news, and this is the first time I've met one of them. Yeah. Very charming man. So he, w- he was very much... Government's coming to get you, get, take your guns, I imagine. Is that an issue? No? Yes? He didn't specifically mention that, but he... I guess that's part of the process of getting someone. Yeah. Is you're, you're taking everything. Yeah. Ex- okay. Duh, when you see a, someone who makes bombs in movies, 
or TV shows, they always have some kind of burn on their cheek, uh-huh. or their hand is like wrapped up. Or well, like, I told you, you had black hands. And okay, <laughs> so it's it's from like like, like the, uh, the gunpowder in the in the smoke, like Wiley Coyote, like Wiley Coyote. Yeah, he had an Acme landmine go off in his hands, and all it did is make a little bit of his hair fall off. That was like turned into ash, and yeah. the rest of him was completely. And then you know he did that. He blinked. Yeah, he blinked. Yeah. And then he like tipped over, but then when he got up, he shook off. Oh, and he he coughed. He went like, <coughs> "Oh yeah, there's always a good... and and something like there's big a cloud of dust or something came out." Yeah, that's I can picture it now. Yeah. So be okay. So I guess that answers that question. So he, he had he did have some kind of scar or burn or or markings from from building these things because because yeah. the margin for error in building a bomb is a really fascinating thing to think about. Think about how many times you've done done something to become good at it. It could be anything. It could be building a model airplane. Yeah. It could be... In fact, let's just go with model airplanes or model things. When I was a kid, sure. I got this Robotech model. That's pretty cool. I'd ne- but this was way advanced. I'd never done some dinky car. I'd never done anything. It was my first model. And, and I, I was swinging for the goddamn fences, you know? <laughs> so I get my super glue. I get my little X-Acto knife. And, and I... Fucked this thing up so bad. <laughs> so bad. Like this Robotech thing, it was supposed to be a jet and the legs were supposed to come out, even on the model. Even, but it, they were glued in wrong. They were jammed in. The hip <laughs> joints were all screwed up. The wings wouldn't extend and all this. I was so pissed off. Now think about that in bombs. There's got to be the <laughs> first time you're like, well, this sounds easy. And then you sit down, and all of a sudden you're trying to stick the wire in the hole, and you're like, "Oh shit! Oh, I set the timer yeah. off. Okay, I got. I just got to pull it out of this thing, and then boom, you know, it's got. That's got to happen once. It's not like you're just born a great bomb maker. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, dangerous things that you need practice in, today I had called to use a pocket knife to open a package. Okay, uh, a small pocket knife, and I've used bladed weapons before, or weapons instruments. I've used knives. I've cut meat with knives. I've opened packages. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of knives, man. Well, as soon as I pulled it out, I had this just horrifying, you know, those moments where your life flashes before your eyes. I just pictured myself slipping and jamming it into my eyeball. <laughs> and, then, and then I played out the whole thing of like, God, do I, then what do I do? Of course, I call 911. Am I going to be calm? Am I going to start screaming or am I going to be in shock? And then I call him, and then do I lose the eye? That's it. I'm just blind because I was trying to open my Amazon Prime package. Well, I have two questions about this. Yeah. What, how do you think you would react? You think you would flip out? God, I don't even know. I don't want to, th- I mean. I guess this is the whole crisis, right? I think you'd be, hmm. I think a certain sense of, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I dropped my phone, and it shattered the other night. Okay. And I dropped it, and I, I, as it was falling, I had this moment of panic hit the ground, and then when I picked it up and saw that it was completely shattered, I sort of had this, like, acceptance wash over me. Really? Of just, and I wasn't pleased. Well, yeah, but, but it was I mean, like, it was like this it happened. It was like, this happened. Okay, now next, move on to the next steps. I need okay. my phone. So maybe it would be like that. I'd just very call 911 and just be like, well, I stabbed my eye. There is a knife sticking out of my face right now. Now then, would I have to hold it in place? Would it be stuck? Well, this what is... do you do? So this is the thing. I never know the answer to this. If you got shot with, in the movies when they get shot with arrows, a lot of times they'll keep it in, and then later they'll break it, 
and they'll do like a Rambo thing and burn out the hole. Yeah. I know you're supposed to pour gunpowder in it and then light it on fire. I know that from the Oscars. I know that, yeah, from all, from, there's multiple sources on this is what you do when an arrow goes into you. Yeah. Now, is this the same for knives? Are you supposed to leave the pocket knife in your eye? I would. I'm not taking it out. I think so, right? Because yeah. what if you severed some optic nerve or something? Oh, God. You always see those x-rays of guys with butcher knives in their heads. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen hundreds of those. It seems like a problem that wouldn't happen that often. But I feel like in my life, I've seen hundreds of x-rays of, of butcher knives sticking out of skulls. Well, and there's that famous guy that had a spike in his brain, and it changed his personality and turned him into a dick. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of things. Uh, that, those are fascinating mm-hmm. when, that, when that kind of stuff happens. So, all right, second part of my question. You don't know how you'd react. So, second part. Would you wear an eye patch? Of course. You would go with the eye patch? Yeah. I don't know if I could. No one takes them seriously, though. Yeah, that's true. Like, you see them, and people are like, are there, matey? Yeah, no one's. How are the the seven seas? Yeah, no one's going to look at you and say, they've been through some severe trauma. Yeah, this person is somewhere. I should never mention the one thing they're most self-conscious about. That's true. because And then everyone immediately, aye, aye, captain. I guess that's the, the question is, do you wear the eye patch? Well, how many times do you feel like telling that story to strangers? Right. And you know, it's none of their business. But, and, but and, hey, I'm the one with the big and maybe, eye patch. And you probably also don't want to relive this horrifying, life-changing moment. Yeah. Over and over. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty. That's a bad feeling. Yeah. Are you familiar with the term uh, Schadenfreude? Yes. So I, I've been thinking about uh, about revenge and these these scenarios. For anyone that doesn't know, Schadenfreude is taking joy in other people's misery. Yeah, it's a German word. I first discovered it from seeing Avenue Q in London, which is kind of a Sesame Street, uh, like Broadway joke where it's all like sex and you know that kind of stuff. But they have a whole a song and dance number about schadenfreude. And I was like, wow, I experienced that so much, and I didn't know what it was. Huh. And it's something I feel guilty about usually. Yeah. And so I go back and forth. Is it better to get revenge on someone or be the bigger man, and, and, so to speak, and, and just forgive? And I just think this works in, in some scenarios, but not when it actually matters. Yeah. So if someone's really wronged you, I find myself thinking I would want revenge. Yeah. And I don't think it would poison me. They always say re- that it's you know yeah. y- when you want revenge, you bi- you dig two graves, one for the person you're getting revenge on, and one for you or something. I something like that. Oh, it's something like that. Yeah. It's it's one of those, you know, when you point at someone, you have four fingers pointing back at you. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. That's why anyway. I point with my whole hand. You're right. I do too. Right. <sighs> It, it's the best way to point. It's like you're throwing a fireball. Mm-hmm. So I, I struggle with with having this and then feeling bad that I feel joy from something bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saying it out loud sounds really it weird. It does sound really weird. Yeah. But this but today something happened that really brought me pure Schadenfreude. And I felt absolutely good about it. And it was such a satisfying feeling. Ah, I know where you're have, going. Have with you this. have you experienced this feeling? Where you where something shitty happens to someone, and you feel so good about it, you let you're just walking on sunshine. Typically not, but it's uh, oddly satisfying when it happens. But I know I know what you're you're referring to this time, and it was it's not unsatisfying. I'll say that. Okay, well, it was brought to my attention today that Jared Fogel, the subway spokesman, has gained thirty pounds while in prison. It is very poetic. It's poetic. It yeah. is right. Yeah. 
and not only that, I, I read the article a little bit more, and they're saying that he that people are chasing him, the inmates are threatening him, yeah, and they call him Chomo, which, which is his nickname, which means child molester. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what that meant. Are you you should have read the article. Yeah, no, I didn't. I don't read articles. I know, just read the headlines. Yeah, and then and then write outrage comments. Yeah, <laughs> the only time I read an article is is then I really regret it and think, why did I click on that? So that's not the emotion I'm talking about. But it but it w- it was a feeling of like, wow, this is so great. He's having this rotten time in prison. He's gained weight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the only thing he looks forward to is cake day, is what it said in the article. Which I laughed about, and I was like, that's so pathetic. Yeah. But then I thought, if I was in prison, what would you look forward to? It would probably be cake day. <laughs> Absolutely. It would be the highlight of my week, too. So then I was like, well, I can't fault him for that. But that's such a – he's gained 30 pounds. And then I had a, 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 a different friend ask me, what do you think is going to happen to him? And I said, well, what I hope happens is he stays on track and gains <laughs> 30 pounds a year for the entire 16 years. Yeah. But then I thought, started thinking, what will actually happen is he's going to get killed. He's, someone's going to beat him up to death, which I, is probably the weirdest way you could say that. Someone's going to beat him up to death. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Beaten to death, I suppose, is the phrase. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah, no, beat him up to <laughs> Not death. Not for Smogville. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this sent me down a whole different train of thought. And I started thinking about... If famously, Jeffrey Dahmer got beaten to death in the showers in prison with a metal bar by two other inmates. And that's, I, I remember I was going on like a Boy Scouts camp or something when that was in the newspaper in Time Magazine that was in the car or something. And I was just remember, I thought a lot about it as a kid, like, wow, this serial killer got killed. But then I started thinking today, since that popped into my head, how interesting it was that he went by Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Like, he's the little kid down the street. It's me, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey. Like, no one calls him Jeff Dahmer. It's yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah. Do you think it's he corrected Jeffrey. people? Oh, totally. When someone's he, called him Jeff, and he's like, it's Jeffrey. It's Jeffrey. Yeah. My mom calls me Jeff. Or what? Like, I just thought, this is, this is so strange. Like, killers always have really threatening names, really kind of one-syllable sort of names. You know, it'll be like... Oh, what's his name? I was thinking of Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> he's an actor. But he's an, I think he is an actor. Yeah. But uh, uh, John Wayne Gacy. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. He's a, the clown or guy. Like Jigsaw. Ki- killed ch- or Jigsaw. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good one. There's a little more, a little more fan- fantastical. Yeah. But, but, but not him. He's going to go with Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey. It's me, Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, you act like he, had a, he didn't really have a choice in the matter. Well, he'd go hey, by well, Jeff. It's not his handle. Yeah, I guess he could go my, by Jeff. Yeah, I know a lot of people named Jeffrey, and they go by Jeff because they're grown men. Jeffrey, you drop off the free when you're free of childhood. You know, <laughs> you're now just Jeff. Jeff. Jeffrey Dahmer. So just keep saying that over and over until it sounds weird. Yeah, <laughs> which it already we're already at that point. <laughs> Jeffrey, but little old Jeffrey, he was just your little neighborhood cannibal. What a little rascal Jeffrey is. Well, you were talking about news. I have some news that I don't think maybe even you're aware of. Uh Uh-oh. You you, you love this new... Foo uh, Fighters are going on indefinite hiatus. (gasps) Foo Fighters. Yes. St. Grohl you're talking about. I'm talking about St. Grohl. I'm talking about Mr. Tribute to Dead People, but not Abe Vigoda Grohl. 
What was up with that, by the way? I don't know. Where was Abe Vigoda? He he was like a titan in his the industry. family was very upset. It's it's weird, and especially because uh, he was in The Godfather, and they showed another guy from The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really weird. It's also strange. I'm still waiting for justice for Corey Haim. Was Corey Haim not there? He well, no, that was a couple years ago. It might have yeah. been last year, or the year before, but they skipped him. Yeah, and I think, and 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 not even joking, he was in a lot of big movies in the eighties. Yeah. So, but Abe Vigoda is like legend. Yeah, his family was upset, and the Oscars were like, "He's in our online gallery at Oscars.com." <laughs> so that's just Oscars are just—they're doing a shitty job yeah. lately. Yeah. Um, so maybe Saint Grohl left him out. Maybe this is all on Grohl's shoulders. Maybe this is why the Foo Fighters are breaking up. Is when he got back, Taylor Hawking was like, "You son of a bitch! You knew I loved Abe Vigoda." <laughs> And he did. It was just a passive aggressive little jab at Taylor Hawkins. And, and he and and Grohl said, "I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about." Hey, fans! Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go photobomb some of my fans. I'm just like you. David Grohl is a living version of the of the section in Us Weekly called "They're Just Like Us." Yeah, which show you know Glenn Danzig getting kitty litter, <laughs> or some or or Hugh Jackman jogging, <laughs> right? Which can you imagine? Can you believe that people are buying? Paying money for a magazine with pictures of other people doing their goddamn to-do lists. (laughs) Going to the grocery store. Jogging. And they're not just like us, because I guarantee you Hugh Jackman's running shoes are really nice. Oh, God. The watch he's wearing, the GPS watch, is is probably... You could eat sushi off it. Yeah. And he can probably run more than half a block without getting winded. And vomiting on himself. (laughs) Throwing throwing, throwing up root beer everywhere. (laughs) I know. I do. I usually try to do a two, a full two liter bottle of root beer before I go to have energy and everything and to be hydrated. Right. I have foam just shooting out my nose, shooting out my eyes, shooting out my mouth. It's hard to vomit root beer when you sh- when you pound a two liter bottle and then immediately shake it up for half a block. <laughs> I know. It's like a science. Pro- it's like those volcanoes in in science fairs. That does happen to me. I have a very strange bounce walk. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, I, when I walk, I bounce, and there's. A, there's I just assume you got laid every morning, and I'm just bouncing. <laughs> and you're just hey, <laughs> there's something different about you. You're yeah. glowing. You yeah. got a pep in your step. No, I've got this pep in my step, and the, here's the consequences of it: are I have really uh, awesome leg muscles because mm-hmm. I'm constantly doing calf raises. Right. That's not a humble brag. That's a brag. Just, uh, that's what we're about here. Yeah. Um, the other consequence is if I drink something bubbly and then start walking, mm-hmm. I do like get a little shake it up. Like, yeah, it's like I get it's a, a real queasy. thing. Yeah. So Hugh Jackman, I guarantee the root beer he's drinking doesn't. It doesn't matter if you shake it up. Well, he's, yeah, he's drinking that Aussie uh, Bull Buddha Bang or whatever it's called. <laughs> seen that stuff in the store? It's got a kangaroo on it, some kind of root beer. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Bing Binda Bing or something. Yeah, it does have like a that. name like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but they're not, they're not like us. In junior high, this, there was this giant boy. Giant boy? Yeah, okay. there was this giant boy in, in seventh or eighth grade, and he claimed he had been held back like three or four times. <laughs> okay, that's, that, that's a humble brag. Either that, yeah, either that or... So, so that means a bunch of seventh graders are hanging out with a 17-year-old. <laughs> either that or he was just a giant boy. How, what do you mean giant? Is he big I mean, fat or just like I mean, literally six foot twice, seven? I mean, twice as big as everyone else around him. Okay. I mean, he's the, he's the big show. He's the <laughs> I, know, I mean, Who knows how tall that was? I mean, he was maybe 5'11 mm-hmm. and 200 pounds, and everyone else is you know, 5'4 because we're still growing 
children. It's weird. Uh, it's hard to gauge children. The other day, my friend's daughter, she was saying, is getting tall. And I was like, she's pretty much, she's full, she's full height now. And she was, and my friend said, she's four foot eight. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, huh. I, I, she just seems tall, I guess. I thought she yeah. was like, like, she's at the proper height now. Time to stop. <laughs> she's, no, she's only four and a half feet tall. So I get your point. So yeah. this kid could have actually only been like five foot five. Yeah, he could have been five foot five, and we're just all tiny children. <laughs> You're just like, wow, he's a giant. But he's a giant boy. And uh, so he drank a two liter at lunch one day. He drank a two liter thing of root beer. <coughs> Did he like as like pounding it or just no? He casually. It. No, oh, he okay. pounded it. And everyone was gathered around and clapping. And he was a giant boy, so he could do <laughs> That's it. Cool. That sounds badass. So then the very next day, a regular boy tried to do it, <laughs> who wasn't a giant boy. <laughs> And I'll just never forget it that how he would stop. He'd like chug, 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 stop, vomit, mm-hmm. and then chug, 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 vomit, 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 <laughs> chug, chug, vomit. <laughs> that sounds better than the giant boy drinking. Yeah, because I was horrified. It's like, dude, stop. Were you outside at least? Yeah, we were outside. Okay, but first of all, it's like, why are you even doing this stunt? The what, stunt's what? been done. You're derivative. Yeah, that's... you're a regular boy, not a giant boy. I guess he in his head that makes it more impressive, which it sort of does. If you're doing the same thing as him, it's like watching someone really short slam dunk. Okay. It's a little bit more impressive than when you see someone in the pterodactyl club yeah. jump up, you know, like Kevin Garnett or someone who's just really skinny. Yeah, someone like him. You, you see, like, uh, what was the famous one when we were kids? Spud Webb. Spud Webb. Yeah. You're like, God damn! <laughs> so that, I guess that's what it was. But, yeah, I was amazed that he didn't break his stride even after all this disgusting liquid was probably in some weird way that probably built character of some kind right no no he was a turd was he is he, he in jail now turd. is he dead i haven't been able to find him has on he gained 30 media. pounds in the last <laughs> year in jail it was these three brothers one in each grade this kid the same kid in gym class peed into a hairspray bottle like a little hairspray bottle uh-huh. and then went around uh spritzing people with his urine were they triplets, these three brothers? No, no, they're just... Because I need some shithead triplets. They were just tri- all nine months apart. I need some shithead triplets. Hmm. But I don't know what happened to them. They're probably successful now with, with beautiful wives and great careers and pillars of the community oh. while I still live in this haunted house. <laughs> in this haunted house, trapped in this Ferris wheel. Oh, we just got a new email. Good timing, Micah. Yep, that's we'll perfect. Get right to that. Anyway, so, so David Grohl... He does all kinds of cool stuff. He'll go to a little concert if it's local, and he'll, and he'll give away something. He'll go to some protest, and he'll get in a truck and, and, and yell, make farting noises at the neo-Nazis, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. He's, oh, just, yeah. he's just, it's like a human uh, jackass show. <laughs> They're pranking people. They're doing America's Funniest Home Videos. They're doing uh, what's candid camera. They're jamming. They're jamming wherever They're they feel jamming. like They're just jamming. Free concert. You don't even have to pay if you, if you come to this concert. I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Why are we talking about the... Oh, the, okay. Because they're, they're going on indefinite hiatus. Taylor Hawkins' quote was, the world just needs a little break from the Foo Fighters, I think. Wow. Which is... There's never been truer words uttered. Yeah. My Facebook feed is... It's mostly Foo Fighters... Really? Yeah. Got a lot of Foo Fighter friends. Apparently. Or maybe just one who's way into it. I don't know. What, what are the fans called? Are they called f- the, the Foo Fighter Fighters? Foo? Foo. F- foo Heads? Foo Heads. Kung Fu Fighters. It's, yeah, I think that's closer to some going to be something a little more punny. Foo, foo Fiends. Foo Fiends. Foo Friendlies. 
Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so speaking of uh, nostalgia. Okay. I think it's time for the Degrassi Junior High Minute. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Today's episode was a doozy. Well, I'm not saying something. Yeah, it's right? called... Uh, it really is. This is really saying something. Gosh, what was it called? Is it Bottled Up? I believe it's called Bottled Up. This is season two, episode... Uh, you know, I'm, uh, clearly I'm unprepared. But yeah, Bottled Up, uh, seventh episode of season two. I started watching this, and I was blown away because I was like, wow, they changed the theme song. Like this version of the theme song, it's, it's faster, it's a little bit higher pitched, it's more energetic. And then I, I thought, wait a minute. And then I found a different version of the episode that had the normal theme song and wasn't sped up. <laughs> oh, you watched it on YouTube? Yeah. Oh, okay. So apparently someone had sped it up. That happens a lot with, with albums. I listen to a lot of albums that just got released, and yeah. it's, it's how they get around some sort of, I don't know what it is, they, to not get it taken down. Because it'll be extra fast, and then a thing will pop up on the stre- screen about 10 seconds into the first song that says, like, set the speed to 1.5. Weird. There's a lot of albums like that online. Yeah. And I, I, the only thing I can assume is it's to somehow get around posting it online legally or, not, or something. Yeah, so sometimes if you want to watch a Simpsons clip, it's in Spanish or it's someone filming their TV with yeah, their a lot camera. Yeah, a lot of filming the TV. Or it's like flipped around. It's, they've like reversed the negative. So bottled up, um, here, here's where it's a doozy and here's where it fits in with me really well. Here's what it's about. Alcoholism, nerds, Dungeons and Dragons, quiz masters. <laughs> they have to photographers, guys that appreciate Americana. I didn't have that. <laughs> like all this stuff. Yeah. Utah Jazz fans. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so this one focuses on Kathleen, and Kathleen is horrible. We really haven't had an episode on Kathleen yet. She has the worst, like, tight jerk face. Oh, is it a resting jerk face? Yeah, yeah. Have you heard that term before? Yeah. She's, she's horrible. A, okay. She's, she's a horrible character. Horrible person. She only pops in to be like, well, if I had those pants, I wouldn't go out either. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Just little j- jabs like that. And she has the, I mean, she's perfectly cast because you just. She this, nails it. This poor teenage girl. You just like, look at her and you're like, you suck. So it's like Joffrey on Game of Thrones. Totally. Just like the most perfect actor. Oh, yeah. She's totally girl Joffrey. Oh, nice. So. Or Nurse Ratchet on One Foot for the Cuckoo's oh, yeah. Nest. I couldn't even watch a movie with her in it after seeing that for years. Yeah. She was so awful in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah. Nest. Or the guy in Star Wars who says, where are you taking this thing? I've, never, I've always been fascinated I'm, with that guy. He's I've, awful. I never saw him the same way again. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't watch any of his other movies. Couldn't watch any of his other films. <clears throat> so Kathleen comes home. Mom, Mom, I made the team. I, I made the team. Mom, wh- what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mom's on the couch with an empty bottle going, Oh, no. And then she calls her dad and is like, Hey, you going to be home? I made the team. No, Mom's, uh, uh, she's at the store. Why is she covering up for her mom? Well, you know, it's tough to have an alcoholic mom. Because snitches get stitches is why. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the team that she made uh, was Quest for the Best, okay. which is a junior high quiz show. Oh, uh, exclusively in the Toronto area, of all the schools. Yeah. Oh, or wait a minute, is it? So it's like family, fe- like a team of four will go okay. from one junior high and compete okay. with another junior high, 
And then the host is called, you know, Quizmaster Rick or something. Uh-huh. And he comes out and he's like, "We we picked the best students in the city." Okay. So it's a it's a show that's only on in Toronto. It's but just... it's such a big deal. Okay. Apparently. And I guess Toronto is a very big city. Yeah, it uh, is. So that's fine. So that's going on. Uh meanwhile, <laughs> Scooter, Scooter's that real little guy. Yeah, that's the one that's from in, last week. That was disappointed by the bully beating the shit out of yeah, someone. Yeah. So yeah. Scooter has a friend now. Or the big the big kid. The the large child. That giant yeah, the the, uh, the giant boy. The giant boy. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think of the correct term. Yeah, giant it's giant boy. <laughs> Hyphenated. Right. So Scooter and his buddy are talking about D and D. Then Arthur and Yik Yu of all people walk by, mm-hmm. the two biggest nerds in the school. Mm-hmm. For some reason Arthur's carrying a basketball and he just walks by and goes, D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, that's for nerds. Oh. And walks away and uh Scooter's friend says, We're not nerds, are we? And Scooter <laughs> says, When the other nerds call us nerds, we're in trouble. <laughs> now this whole it's episode true. was is Literally the most 80s thing that's maybe ever been produced. Oh, beautiful. Because it's hitting all the... Um, I mean, the only thing that was missing was, like, warning someone to stop, drop, and roll. Or something about forest fires. And then it would have been the most 80s thing. But these kids, they're wearing, like, outfits. Uh-huh. Like, these, these junior high boys are wearing, like, these short shorts with matching tops. Like, <laughs> outfits. And then the tube socks pulled up all the way to their knees with the stripes on them. Mm-hmm. And then the issues it hits. So these nerd kids, uh, they see Rick. And uh, Rick is, Rick comes from an abusive household. Um, he's kind of like a tough kid, but he's got a good heart. Um, he had to go through social services and lives with his brother now. Rick also has the most hairy uh, Canadian accent of anybody on the show. Oh, I, lo- I love that accent. Yeah, it's just so, hey, it's me, Rick. What's going on, you hosers? Yeah. Do you know what's interesting is, Canadians, no matter how little you can hear their accent, there's always the a boot is the one. Yeah, it gets everyone. Yeah. None of them can say about. Yeah, and th- this kid Rick is going a boat, a boat. Yeah. That's even more extreme. Yeah. We talking a boat. He's a <laughs> yeah. He's a no. That's what he say. He sounds so weird. Okay. Yeah. So he must be from the the north. He's just a real Yukon Jack. I don't know. I don't know what what the difference is. But uh, so they're looking. They're like, who's you know who's cool is Rick. And they say, what, what, here's our new plan, is whatever Rick does, we do. And then Rick rides away on the, with this really weird bike. And I, I was watching the show and said out loud, what? Because he r- rides away on a bike with this tiny little front wheel. Okay. And I don't know what that is. And it wasn't a joke. It was just that's, that must have been a bike in the 80s <laughs> the cool guys had. Maybe. It sounds a little familiar, maybe. Kind of like a lowrider looking bike, maybe. No? Yeah. Not like that? I don't. I have no idea. It was weird. Okay. My notes say Rick rides away on a weird fucking bike. <laughs> Again, pardon my language. Uh, so later, they, they literally bump into Rick, and he drops his bags, and they're helping him pick his stuff up. And what do they find? Pack of Dunhills. Oh, shit. And their plan was what Rick does we do to be cool. So, That's their plan. So this is how s- much they're sticking with this. Yeah, is Rick is cool. Rick has cigarettes. We're going to smoke. So they go into a pizza shop and try to buy cigarettes out of the cigarette machine and get chased out of the pizza shop. They finally get some. They smoke them in the washroom together in the same stall. So you just see them go into the stall and start coughing. And uh, some of the kids walk in and like look into the stall and see the two sets of feet. 
and all the co- and hear all the coughing. They decide not to ever smoke again. Um, now Rick's got this whole thing going. This is a very layered episode. You see, a little more layered than normal. Okay. Rick's been pursuing Caitlin for quite a and while. And who wouldn't? Oh no, exactly. Right, exactly. So, uh, but then Caitlin goes to him and says, "Hey, uh, I think." Ca- well, okay, no, this is. I'm getting ahead of myself. The girls are preparing for Quest for the Best, that okay. quiz show. Right. The teacher comes and gives them a VHS tape to watch to prepare of the competing team. <laughs> is <laughs> like that legal? Well, it's That's... them on the show, but how's that going to help? It's not like what, like, oh, when he drops his shoulder, Peyton Manning's going to run the could be. side pocket. No, it they're could... just asking questions. They could be learning their tell if they know the answer or not. Maybe when they don't know the answer and they're bluffing. Could I guess... give you could give you an edge. I guess so. Um, Study but, that. So Study no one, the tapes. No one has a VCR. So again, this is from a time <laughs> where having a VCR was a big deal. Wow. And now no one has a VCR again, so having one is a big deal. Exactly. I have one. So they have to go to Kathleen's house. Wait, wait. You, you didn't even acknowledge that. I have a VCR. Do you have one? Not with me. Well, do you have one in your home? No. See, it's a big deal. I got a lot of tapes. How no are you going to watch those tapes? I'm not. You're not going to be ready for the quiz show. That's right. How do you prepare for the quiz mastering? Mastering. Mastering? Mastering. Um, it's kind of a ship thing. I use computers. Hmm. Touche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why don't these kids just use the computer then? No, they don't have computers. Having a computer is I a know, big deal. I know. So they, Kathleen has a VCR. All right. So they got to go to Kathleen's house. Then what follows is they must have been short for time because they're pretty much watching this tape in real time. <laughs> and the dialogue, you can tell that uh, the director just said, like, so just uh, watch this tape and then uh, talk, talk, talk to each other. What so are they saying? Nothing really intelligible. They're all talking at the same time, like, oh, hey, hey. And then they show the mom, and it's like Jaws, like at the top of the stairs in this dark house. You see the, these, the mom's feet. She's mm-hmm. walking down the stairs. And then a cut, just like a horror movie, where all the kids turn, and she's there at the stairs with a like highball glass in her hand and this freaky grin. Oh no. <laughs> and she's like, what are you just grinning like a maniac? <laughs> well, have you drank before? No. It makes you feel good. you you grin like a maniac. And she's standing downstairs like, hey, what are you girls doing? I used to just be smart and then I got married. Whoa. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes Kathleen in a baby carriage. <laughs> and then, like, collapses onto the chair, and the girls, are, the rest of the team is like, we gotta go. So, so Caitlin goes to Rick and says, I think Kathleen's mom might have a problem. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should talk to her about maybe getting out of that situation, like hook her up with social services or something. Right. Um, now, they're going on the show. They're supposed to wear their school sweater. Mm-hmm. Kathleen left hers at home, calls her mom, bring me that sweater. Of course, her mom doesn't show up. She's distracted during the quiz, keeps looking at the empty chair where her mom should be. <laughs> but Rick, right before taping, runs up and gives her his sweater. Oh, nice. Now, after the taping, Rick is supposed to go on a date with Caitlin. Right. Right. Uh, so she kind of snaps out of it. They win the quiz. They're all walking. Uh, Rick's ready to take Caitlin out for burgers. She's like, I got to go. It's a school night. And he's like, okay. And then... He's just there with Kathleen, and she says, here, have your sweater back. He says, no, it's cold. You keep it. And she's like, oh, oh okay. Oh, man, chivalry isn't dead, m'lady. <laughs> yes. M'lady. M'lady's. <laughs> I was, it's, I'm trying, like, 
Hmm. I was thinking if you say Miladies, it's like 80s. 80, you said it was such an 80s Oh, episode. see, I was saying Milady, where the A in Lady is E-H. For oh, that's a pretty good joke, but too. That's, not more, really, that's more not, it's really more of a written joke. That could have been like yeah. a tweet. We could, we could tweet it out. Yeah. Um, we, both had, we both nailed those jokes. We really think. did. We're really <laughs> sticking it to our friendly neighbors up north. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. They're great, man. <laughs> Canada's awesome. Well, so so Rick it goes like, okay, hang on, I'll walk you home. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathleen goes home, mom's drunk again, mm-hmm. and like, and th- her version of being an alcoholic is sitting at a table, like, <laughs> just with all these <laughs> bottles and glasses, like, like rubbing her hands together, like, oh boy, can't wait to get into that alcohol. <laughs> I love it. I love. I love when drinking is portrayed really weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, gets real weird. They're fighting, and Kathleen says, "You're not my mother. You're a dr- you're just a drunk." Wow! And then the mom slaps her, and it's a really heavy moment. Yeah, you were saying that these shows have some really intense scenes that yeah. are surprising for yeah. for a teenage like whatever the hell you'd call it. Yeah, and, like and Canadian Archie. Yeah, no, it's not like that at all. And again, like I said last week, they, these don't really wrap up in neat little bows like Fuller Housewood. Oh, God, I love so that. So she goes upstairs. And, I mean, the look on her face after the slap is like, wow, this girl is a good actor. Really? Yeah, and then she goes upstairs to the mirror and she's crying and like looking at her face where she got slapped. Um, and I thought that's where it was going to end, cut to the bouncy music, because that's how it usually goes. But the next day they're in school and... She returns Rick's sweater in front of Caitlin. And so they say something, you know, they, she, Caitlin, or Kathleen mentions that Rick had walked her home that night. Mm-hmm. So our freeze frame is Rick and Kathleen with Caitlin in the background looking on. Wow. So now we've got a love triangle that's going to play out. Okay. I'm sorry, it's going to play out. <laughs> wow, so, so this is like... You said this has been running on television for decades, right? Yeah, and they just announced because um, they've been the one with Aubrey Drake was Degrassi: The Next Generation. Okay, and I think they just announced this week like Degrassi 2.0 or something. Right. Uh, it's gonna be um, Degrassi Millennials. It's oh, I guess it was like a month ago. It's gonna be Netflix. Really? Yeah, Degrassi. I saw the name of it. Well, the reason I ask if it, if it. you know, to make sure that I heard right, that it it was going on for decades is maybe it works well because it's not the the typical sitcom ending. Maybe having these complex things where your mom slaps you and then that's just life. You got to continue your life. You know, there's not some dramatic ending where she goes to the the mental institution and then your, your dad's happy and your life's great. It's like, if you're a little kid and your mom drinks and she slaps you, most of the time, you just got to keep powering on with life. Like, life right. just continues. Yeah, and I think and that's s- why I like the show so and much. So it's and so grounded. Maybe that really resonates with, with, with teens and, and weird old podcaster guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, te- <laughs> teens and weird old <laughs> podcaster guys. It really just resonates. You're, you're wearing a Federation t-shirt. It's the United Federation of Planets. Yeah, I'm I, looking forward to a great future. And I have a Legend of Zelda pin on my lapel. <laughs> so? Just a couple of weird old podcasts. couple of weird old watching, <laughs> watching teen shows from 30 years ago. Yeah, that's not weird. That's heart. It takes a lot of heart. Yeah. It's a very grounded thing to do. <laughs> that's what it's, it's, I'm a man. Yeah. That's why. It's not just that I watch it. I'm an 80-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a giant, like a giant boy I'm a, who's a man. I'm a giant. I'm not a giant boy anymore. I'm a man. I just like things giant boys like, you know. But I'm a man here. I'm a I'm a grown man. I, it's not just that I watch a teen show from 30 years ago. It's that I take time out of my own day for free to come into your basement and talk about it right. for strangers to listen to. And all I want is for them to email me and say thumbs up. That's all we want. It's like, not weird. It's what any grown man that's normal and well-adjusted wants. He wants emails from strangers telling him it's okay to watch kids' shows from 30 years ago. And talk about them. And talk about them for free and not get paid anything. While pretending to be in a Ferris wheel that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just thought of a new segment. Okay. While you were talking, I made this segment up just now, so I don't know if it's going to work or not. But today I was trying to find a T-shirt online, and I'm a big fan of you, you. You're talking about '80s, a very '80s episodes. This is what made me think of it. My two childhood heroes when I was a kid was Booger from Revenge of the Nerds and Styles from Teen Wolf. Sure, you were an all-American boy. I was an all-American boy. <laughs> I was a, a giant boy. I just loved the, these. You uh, want Booger and Styles? They were kind no, of not uh, not Ken Griffey Jr. Right, right, like a normal American boy. Yeah. But these these were, I think, the prototypes of my punk rock idols. Once I became an angry teenager, this is what a child who's angry about the world is looking up to: is Booger. Booger is pretty punk rock, right? Styles. He's more of kind of a capitalist, hustling money guy, but he's pretty punk rock too. Anyways, I loved both of them. They had, and what I loved about them was all their weird T-shirts. And so there's one T-shirt, and they all had sayings on them. And so we're gonna play a little game called "Who Said It: Booger or Styles?" Or no, who wore it? Because this is on the T-shirt. You ready? Okay. Who's the contestant? I am. I guess we could do you, or else we could. I could just say the 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 questions and and see if anyone will write in and tell us the answers. That doesn't sound very entertaining. Sounds like a lot of work, right? So I'm just going to do it to you. Okay. All right. These are things that were on either Styles from Teen Wolf's shirt or Booger from Revenge of the Nerds' shirt. All right. All right. I'm going to start out with the one that I looked up today. Who farted? Question (laughs) mark. Oh, that's uh, that's Booger. That's right. That is Booger. Yeah. All right. How about this one? Life sucks, then you die. Styles seemed much more with a positive outlook than that. Mm, okay. Styles was a grinner. He was a hustler. Hmm. But it doesn't quite seem irreverent enough for Booger. Nope, I'm still nope. going to go Booger. Booger? Yeah. That's actually Styles. Oh, damn it. Okay, then how about this one? What are you looking at, Dick Nose? Dick Nose. That's Styles. Yep, that is yeah, Styles. Yeah. You nailed that one. Yeah. All right, and then the, the, maybe the best one. High on stress. That sounds like Booger. It's Booger. Yeah. You, did, you did pretty good. What was that, three out of four? I think it was three out of four, yeah. Wow, you did, you did great on who, who wore the shirt, Booger or Styles. Yeah, now is this going to be a recurring segment, or are we all out of shirts? We're out of shirts. Okay. That's every shirt from both movies. So, okay, so this, <laughs> so this was a one-off. Hope you liked it. <laughs> I just thought it'd be fun. It just popped in my head. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um... So we don't really have a main topic tonight, and mm-hmm. here's something we discussed before we started recording, is why should we be doing all the work right. of thinking of things to talk about? Why don't our listeners just send in 
phrases, objects, things, and we will basically pull them out of a hat each episode and talk about them. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're toying with the idea of having a mystery segment where any suggestion, any topic, you could literally just write cowboy hats. Cowboy hats. Or you could do... do Flamingos. Yeah, or just Casino, the movie. Bare Naked Martin. Ladies one week. Right. Send in any kind of ideas you have. We are going to write them down, cut up the, them in little pieces of paper, and then draw the subject out of the hat with no preparation. Maybe we won't use a hat. Maybe we'll use a taco bag. Oh, that would be poetic. Yeah. So we'll put them in the taco bag or, or top hat or, or emptied out dead rabbit. There's all kinds of Maybe things. a jack-o'-lantern. Jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> <laughs> emptied out dead rabbit. What? Yeah. I don't know. Sorry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. I meant a bag. Um. And this might be fun. And, and or is it just bad verbiage? You saw like a rabbit fur handbag. I li- no, I literally and thought, s- oh, that's an emptied out dead rabbit. In my mind's eye, I literally saw a rabbit with nothing inside of it. No skeleton. This is a really dark episode. It is. We've got bombs. We've got, we got knives sticking Slash. out of skulls. <laughs> We've got yeah. alcoholism. Yeah. we got, what are you looking at, dick nose? <laughs> No, anything. And, and you know, I, I, we're happy to talk about movies and TV shows. I don't want that to be the main focus, but it could be. Yeah, you could we literally... Said Casino the movie, sure. Yeah, you, or it you is. could even put Death Head's Moth, or whatever they're called. Those moths with skulls on them from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And, and we, we just talk about moths. Let's, yeah. see, let's see what happens. Let's create some performance art. Let's make some magic. Yeah. Well, speaking of performance art... Let's get to our letters. Again, world, not again. I mean, for the first time today. Oh, you blew it. I wrote down contacts in our show outline, and then when I saw it as I was talking, I thought... I need new glasses. Right, I thought... (laughs) I need disposable contacts? Literally five minutes after I wrote down contacts, I read it and was baffled, thinking, why would I write down contacts? We both wear glasses. I've never worn contacts. Stop tearing up that paper. Can you hear it? Yes. Shit, sorry. (laughs) I don't know if I can hear it through the recording. I can definitely hear it through my well, ears. I'm doing it like a band-aid then. Hold on. But what was also weird is that you were tearing up this paper, but like staring me in the eye while doing it. It's how you intimidate people. <laughs> it is. That's it's a intimid- classic intimidation It's intimidation technique. 101. No, that's what I do in salary negotiations, As I show up with a notebook, <laughs> and then I just slowly tear it while gazing into their eyes. It is a weird thing. But peering at them. But that's like, it's, it's a future context. I wrote myself a note for later about the show, and then I was tearing it out to put it in my pocket. And about... Probably 24 hours, I'm going to find this note and read it and have no clue what it means. Uh-huh. Contacts? Huh. huh. So, uh, I almost forgot to do it again. Do the contacts. World Champion Podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, just search for World Champion Podcast. Twitter.com slash or at Smogville Fair. Instagram, it's World Champion Pod. And uh, please leave us a review in iTunes and, and subscribe and tell your friends. Right. It, it is weird how, how much we gaze into each other's eyes. When you, yeah. While we're doing this, we are just locked in on each other. It is kind of uncomfortable. It does, doesn't, b- doesn't bother me at all. Oh, okay, okay. It is uncomfortable, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it literally doesn't bother me whatsoever. But well, what I was going to suggest is let's bring in like one of those hairstyle heads, like mm-hmm. a mannequin head that you put a wig on. And then we'll put it just in my field of vision, just over your left shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I can make eye contact with that and not be as uncomfortable. 
Well, I have. There's a, there's a giant boy behind you. I can look at. <laughs> oh, right. a, my, I oh man. I, okay, hang on. Real time. I'm taking a selfie here because I don't know that our listeners have any idea what uh, we have decorating the Ferris wheel. Should I tell them? It came with the Ferris wheel. No, no, no. They're gonna have to check Instagram. For okay, that Instagram. You've got to see a painting I've done that hangs behind Brighton in the Ferris wheel. And then you'll and then you'll have an idea what I stare at during this if I'm not staring at, at into Brighton's baby blues. <laughs> right. So that's our contact information. Write us in. Uh, we're still looking for your alien encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, just anything. Just write us in with anything. So Mark the Shark says, "Hey, Sean and Brighton. Oh wait, I mean, what up, diarrhea faces?" <laughs> and I love that that has caught on organically. <laughs> it is strange. Yeah, but it did us. First off, I just want to say how pumped I am about your return, a new podcast. It's great to hear your voices again on the iTunes airwaves. You guys frequently liken the old fight for comics crew to the Beatles. So one lingering question I had was, who's the Yoko Ono that caused the band to break up? Now, that's interesting. Hmm. It actually was Yoko Ono. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. And now that you bring it up, I can see the, the Beatles can... Comparison making sense. It was Yoko Ono that broke us up. Mm-hmm. Our Yoko Ono was Yoko Ono. Yeah, I He's, met her on Tinder. Yeah, and and, and he, he started bringing. And, and first of all, you're like, that's not Yoko Ono. There's yeah, no, I thought there's no way that's Yoko. There's no ono. way. You, when and you I were s- showing me her profile, and it was like legendary artist, you know, married to the the late John Lennon. Mm-hmm. I was like, this can't be her. Yeah. Even though every picture looks like her. New, New York resident. Right. Mm-hmm. Big sunglasses. Mad about you, guest star. Right. She even had that in the bio, which I thought was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, fine. Quote, yeah. unquote, Yoko. Yes, yeah, so he swiped. You swiped. Is it right? I think so. Which way is the good way? Swiping right, right? Sure. All right. I think so. Do you think there's people using, <laughs> using Tinder and doing the opposite? I hope so. Where everyone they're interested in, they're swiping away to yeah. get rid of. And everyone they, want, they don't want to date, they're <laughs> interested in. Yeah, they're so frustrated. That's got to be a common stupid thing. Stupid thing doesn't work. Dating sites don't work. <laughs> Every person I don't like is the one that contacts me. <laughs> oh, poor giant boy. <laughs> He's trying to use Tinder with his giant hands. Even after I show him how much root beer I can drink. <laughs> now then, yeah, she, I, Sean Leslie got really irritated. Yeah, she'd sit in his chair. Well, you, you, first of all, the first problem was when you said, why don't we start just recording the episodes in New York? Mm-hmm. Which we did. We tried for a couple episodes, but it quickly became so really expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, it was hard time getting a day off work once a week to fly to New York. Yeah, and just the just the commute. The commute, yeah. Six it's hour hell. flight twice a day. <laughs> yeah. It's hell. Long, long days. It's hellish. It was I, I hate Mondays all over again. Oh boy, it was, was like it going ever? to the Garfield School. Yeah. Every Monday we had to make that goddamn flight. That's twelve <laughs> hours is just the transit. Yeah. And then, and then setting up and checking the levels and and yeah, and hailing cabs, having sex in the city, all the stuff that the New York stuff. Oh, going to Magnolia to get our our muffins or whatever they sell right. there. Right, get trying to get some soup. No soup for us. <laughs> you know, it's it's New York, baby. Yeah, going to a Yankees game, even though it's January. Making small talk with Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, all those existential conversations with Woody Allen. Yeah, we're just, we're trying to hail the cab to get to Yoko's house. Right. And he's like, I don't, I don't even know. I'm trying to hail a cab. I can't. 
I guess I don't do a Woody so, Allen. So you've done it before, though. I think a, I have. A, yeah, I, I, we've podcasted for years together, and I know I've heard a good Woody Allen from yeah. you. So don't don't sell yourself short on yeah. your Woody Allen impersonations. Yeah. I think the problem, what tripped me up, is I didn't have anything to say. Right. That, we, yeah, and that's more of a Jerry yeah. Seinfeld area. And then Sean Wesley was getting so pissed because every time he was trying to fall asleep, she would start doing that high pitched like Yoko shrieking, thing, that shrieking thing. <laughs> Um, so that's uncanny that that Mark the Shark, who we probably owe money to, it, it, it just hit the nail on the head. Our Yoko Ono was was Yoko Ono, mm-hmm. unfortunately. We wish her the best. We do. We wish of course the other we guys do. the best. And we'll never we will never record with them again. Right. But we wish them the best. We do. Yeah. And we'll not, not, I won't even go in a room with them. I won't make eye contact with them. Why do you think I'm making so much eye contact with you now? It's to make up for the other few eyes I'm not looking at. <laughs> That's true. I gotta go all in on looking in your in your eyes. Yeah. So also I wanted to run my smogville theory by you. In early episodes, you guys talk about the dangerous lives that you've been living, which got me thinking. My theory is that poor little Brighton may have seen some unsavory mob activities that could not be unseen. Uncertain what to do. Brighton then told Sean about what he had seen, therefore making both the targets of a mob hit. You both were then whisked away to Smogville as part of a witness protection program, as this would be the perfect location since no one knows where Smogville is. It is hard to find. After perusing your website, it seems Sean has also had some surgical procedures to alter his appearance and now actually looks like a 1950s mob boss. (laughs) What's that mean? Yeah, you do even have you even looked at our website? No, I, I put pictures of us there. You did? Yeah. You got to let me choose which ones of me are they I've good. Been, ones? I've been asking you for months. I know. I put a picture of Babe Ruth in a fur coat. Oh, that is that, that is that's basically me. Yeah, it's your attitude. Yeah, it's not what I look it's like. In spirit, but it's you know that's a 1920s booger or styles. <laughs> is Babe Ruth? <laughs> There's a really great Babe. I was reading Babe Ruth's autobiography, and there was some funny shit in it. Uh, also, according to Google Translate, Sean now speaks in some sort of Latin dialect, which also confuses the matter more. Because mm. I just, I, we'll I'm, talk about that off. I'm going to go to the website. I, I, I swear to you. So he says, do you guys think you could have been unknowingly inducted into a witness protection program? I would say that that sounds like a feasible theory if it wasn't the plot for Pineapple Express 2. Which it is. Pineapple Express 2? Yeah. I haven't heard of it. Have you seen Pineapple Express 1? Yeah. Well, part two, I'm guessing, is probably going to be about Seth Rogen and that other less famous guy. Because uh, isn't the, the plot of the first James one... James Franco? James Franco, mm-hmm. yeah. He's probably going to... He's going somewhere. Um, isn't the plot of that basically the both of them have seen too much and the mob wants to kill him? I don't know. Or there's weed? I really don't remember. I think, no, do you know what it, yes, it is. They've seen too much, and the only person that has that type of weed is James Franco, so they know exactly, I can't remember, actually. Yeah. Too much ganja, I guess. <laughs> My Blue Heaven, that's a good movie. My Blue Heaven, which one's that one? That's uh, Steve Martin gets relocated because he's a mob witness. That is a good one. I like that one. Yeah, that's a cute movie. He's got a weird, doesn't he have a weird flat top in it or something? Yeah, he's got a weird, uh, like, black dyed flat top. Yeah. And then Rick Moranis is his handler. Rick Moranis is great. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jason Bayerstein writes in, to me, when the Third Eye Blind came out was when it really signified that it was all over because the Semi-Charmed Life video came out and it was this preppy-looking guy walking down the street who didn't even look like a musician. 
I like that email because it's succinct. It's to the point, and he's right. <laughs> that's he's the, completely right. That's the whole email. Yeah, but he's right. <laughs> if you're gonna be a rock star, you should look cool. You shouldn't just look like a guy. So, from what I remember, his hair is very much. He looks like one of someone from Friends. Like, like the telev- Like he looks like it could be David Schwimmer. This is my memory. I haven't looked at him. Okay. He's wearing kind of a shiny leather jacket, but not like a cool leather jacket, like a Ross leather jacket <laughs> from Friends. Yeah. And then he's kind of got a, almost like a Caesar style haircut. Where your hair you're, you're, is short, you're nailing it so far. But, I'm, but I'm actually looking at a picture. He's got it combed down, even though it's kind of a Caesar haircut. Holy cow. Really? Did I, do I have a perfect memory of the semi-charmed life video? Either, either that, or you're looking at the reflection from my computer screen in my glasses. No. And then, as I remember, he's walking down the street very much like Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. He's not bumping into people, but he's kind of walking down the street in, in New York, probably. All right, let's see how close I am. Well, here's the whole band, and they're all kind of dumb looking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's even going on there? Do you know what this picture looks like? Have you ever looked at pictures of yourself from about 10 years ago? Oh, dear. When you're just like, oh, my God, I look ridiculous. I look like a clown. No. Do you think rock stars get the same thing? They must. Right? Yeah. Now, I get, I get what you're saying with that. Luckily, I picked my style about 20 years ago, and I stuck to it. Okay. So, well... Okay, never mind. That's a whole other conversation. I've, I've been locked into my style for probably a decade. Yeah. Maybe more, but there's some weird eras. I remember th- that I, I had this weird era in my mid-20s where I wanted to look kind of like a pirate gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I bought these weird leather boots that were, they're not quite, I don't know how you'd even describe them. They look like pirate boots or something. And then I would wear like a handkerchief, I had like a handkerchief sticking out of my back pocket. I, I was still wearing my sweet tight, which I still wear even to this day, tight black leather pants. Or not <laughs> leather pants? <laughs> not leather pants. Yeah. Like bunk rocker pants yeah. or whatever. I look like a fool. You know what? I, I take all this back because in the early 2000s, <laughs> you know how culture, you just kind of subconsciously kind of adapt to the culture you're in. Okay. So let's say, I mean, let's say if like one of my. Like me and pirates. <laughs> like you and pirates. No, let's say, uh, let's say my buddy shows up one day in a cowboy hat. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, it's, it's my new hat. Then, uh, then maybe I go to a party and there's, there's three guys in cowboy hats. And then you start wearing a cowboy hat. Uh-huh. Then at this point, something that seemed weird, it's going to be like, oh, I'm going to be shopping. And like, oh, there's one of those cowboy hats. I need one of those. So I think it was because I, I really didn't have a lot of friends in the early 2000s outside of work. Mm-hmm. And just whatever this work culture was, which was kind of a University of Utah fraternity type culture. Okay, wonderful. People who were all just a few years older than me, but I just kind of wanted to fit in, and and so I'd be I'd be like shopping for clothes and be like, oh, that looks cool. Subconsciously mm-hmm. thinking that's what these guys are wearing. Basically, I was walking around dressed like Tony Soprano. <laughs> God, I'm gonna die. At age at age 20, <laughs> Like, mm, yeah. Silk. That's me. Silk shirt, short sleeve. I'm gonna wear that untucked with some slacks. You betcha. You betcha. God, I'm gonna have to pause this. I can't, I can't even handle this. <laughs> I don't know if there's any pictures of this. And it's weird too, because I um 
And you wouldn't know it's me. I, I, I had a full hair, head of very poofy hair. I wasn't wearing glasses every day. I was smooth-cheeked. <laughs> I can't. I've got to see this. And uh, I've got to see this. I had one that was... My favorite <laughs> one was just purple. Like what, do you, as, what do you mean? I mean, it was like purple. It was Your like whole a sh- outfit was purple? <laughs> no, just the shirt. <laughs> it was just this purple shirt. Maybe it was violet. Did you Maybe have, it was plum. Did you have it undone, like, a couple buttons so your chest is hanging No, I'd button it normally okay, and okay. Wear, a, wear, like, a white Hanes underneath it. But a short sleeve, like, boxy, <laughs> like, the bottom is just, like, straight around. <laughs> and, you know, untucked. Mm-hmm. Very silky. Okay. Very subtle sort of jagged pattern wow. to the weave. And uh, and I had a bunch of those. Okay. Well, yeah. So you look much twenty year old. You look much less ridiculous. I hope and so. It, and I was I was kind of the other extreme where I was I had like mohawks and all and like bondage pants. I was this punk rocker. <laughs> and I look at some of those and I just I'm like, good God. <laughs> Not yeah. Oh boy! And there was there was a specific moment in my life that uh, I go back to. It's too complicated to explain, but that was like the turning point. Okay. So like, if you wanted to do the personal version of like going back in time and killing Hitler, right? Is you'd go prevent that. That style. If you if you prevented this moment that turned me away from that path, I would probably be like Mr. Vegas guy whose favorite TV show is Entourage. God, because that's that's the road I was on. It's like God, if that thing hadn't happened and then put me down this this road, because I was also you know I was dressed like Tony Soprano. I was like Ah Vegas baby Vegas, dude I got this great idea. <laughs> so you're t- got this great idea Vegas. So you're, al- Vegas, you're, you're also you're also doing that. What, what was that movie? Uh, swingers. swingers totally yeah, swingers yeah. yeah. Oh man, so big time that and then like, I, a I'm lot like, oh, dude. dude you know what? See Entourage last night. A lot oh, of my friends got caught up in the swingers thing. And swingers kind of along with, with social distortion. Yeah. So suddenly totally. we got this like Vegas baby guys. They're like punk rockers, but they were more more like rockabilly guys. Yeah. But definitely hugely influenced by swingers. Yeah. And that was that, that those were the days, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my friends would still come around and I wish some of them would have be super gothic. Yeah. You imagine seeing someone in their 30s wearing black lipstick? I went to, no, I went to this amazing concert. I and, saw Davey uh, Havoc in LA like a, a year or two ago when I saw The Refused when they came through. And he was in the crowd. There was a lot of rock stars at that show. Was he still being Davey Havoc? He had like a pompadour. Oh, wow. So it's gone full circle. The yeah. guy that was orig- originally gothic is now kind of doing an Elvis thing, rockabilly yeah. thing. Because he had, he was super skinny. Which, I guess he's always been kind of skinny, but I was like, wow, this dude's skinny. Yeah. And then he had this big pompadour. But he was, you know, he was excited as everyone else to see The Refused for the first time in like 17 years. <laughs> I went to this uh, gothic show a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard of him, but... Well, like an actual gothic band? Yeah, I guess. So they're called IMX. I am X. I am X. I A M X. It's a pretty good name. Yeah, it's a guy who was in... You remember the Sneaker Pimps? Oh, like uh, like. Take a... me down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a guy that was like the drummer for them, and now he's a front man. And uh... so it's not a lot. So like, I went. I never very, not very much like the sneaker. Not place. at all. And I'd <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd never heard of him, but my friend said you don't want to miss this. And it was an amazing show. But I was looking around, and I said to my friend, like, I can't believe it. They still make goths. And he said, Look closer. It's the same ones. 
And then oh, I looked closer, no! and I was like, "No way!" Yeah, and I and then I was like, "Oh yeah, that's there's, so great." There's no one here under forty. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I remember I went to some. Uh, it was like what's what's that uh, festival where they have all the different foods from all the different countries? They have it every yeah. year. Living traditions. Living traditions. Yeah. So it was. I was something like that. Maybe it wasn't that, but they had the squirrel nut zippers. Oh wow. And this was pro- this is actually probably God eight years ago, maybe more, maybe something like that. But I remember in the late ni- that was also in in like the late nineties was everyone getting into swing dancing and stuff. You remember all that mm-hmm. when when oh yeah when Brian Setzer orchestra got all, got all huge, and all, all of a sudden everyone was into the Stray Cats and stuff. Yeah. Well, this was was the Squirrel Nut Zippers, and I'm standing there with, with my buddy, and then all of a sudden there's, there's all these people in zoot suits, and they're like, wow. like 50s dresses, and they're all dancing, and I was like, wow, there's still uh, like a scene. And then I was like, oh my God, everyone here is like 40. Yeah, it's the same game. So it's the same people. Yeah. There's dudes still wearing zoot suits. Oh, well, I tell you what, though, uh, I think May 2nd or 3rd, the Slackers are playing. So that's different. And I'll be there. That's timeless. Yeah. There are things that are timeless. <laughs> yeah. Scott's cooler I guess. Than I guess. I mean, I just bought some new Doc Martens. I'll be there in my Doc Martens. Those are timeless, too. Perhaps my flight jacket. Well, there's a difference between a little bit of these things, because I still wear plenty of things. I yeah. still wear Danzig shirts and stuff. Yeah. If you've got a pieces of your wardrobe, it's when you have an entire uniform. Yeah. Like, like if you have a purple suit with a giant stopwatch, and you're like <laughs> a coyote man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's time to cool it a bit. <laughs> Maybe just go with the purple slacks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or not. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Why am I raining on everyone's parade? Be yourself is what I should be saying. Yeah. How Which dare is you? True. En- how dare you enjoy something that brings up fond memories? Yeah, and you're and you're being yourself, and you're being true to yourself. I don't think we're raining on it. We're just we just are observing it. That's and, true. And thinking it's interesting. Yeah. This is more like historians. Yeah. Okay. So guess who wrote in? It's our old friend Kelly. Oh, nice. What up, fools? So when I first listened to the Zero episode, I was befuddled. <laughs> Took me a while to start listening to the new show. I'm glad I did. I missed your sweet, sweet voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the first episode, I think, or episode zero, not a great representation of what the show is or would become or will become. It's one of those things where you've, if you haven't slept in a few days and you're like, well, I, I've got to finish editing the episode zero teaser. Yeah. But I also need to take this LSD. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, that's one of those things where you're like, maybe I shouldn't have taken all those drugs when I edited yeah. it. Yeah. And it was kind of like a, just a weird little joke for people who listen to our other shows. Yeah, it was mainly inside but I jokes. Think, I think we're going to take it down because if someone somehow discovers us who's never heard our other programs and they listen to that, they're going to be like, what is this? Or, here's, here's counterpoint. Yeah. It's kind of a, we were somewhere near Barstow on the edge of the desert kind of thing where you're, mm-hmm. it's just like you're going into fear and loathing in, in Smogville. Yeah. Just sort of what we do. Yeah. We're a little bit gonzo here. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's take it down. Kelly, this is your fault. <laughs> we were talking about that before we got the email, actually. Or were we? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, some other points. You guys successfully managed to get Run for the Hills and One Week stuck in my head for the better part of the day. Needless to say, I hate you both. Well, that's fair. It's kind of been stuck in my head lately, too. Oh, boy. Has one week. Ever? When we it took a decade to get out, it'll take a decade to get out again. Uh-huh. I imagine. Yeah. Unless uh, you get it out quickly with a, a lead salad delivered at high velocity. Lead salad. That's just. That's, that's one of Booger's shirts. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
Uh, Tugboat is an excellent dog name. It's world champion Tugboat. That is, is the dog's full name. It's, it's engraved on his little golden bone, whatever you call it, name tag. Does he have his own Instagram account? Yeah. I don't know if I'm comfortable sharing it, though. Okay, I didn't know. Or does it bother me at all? No. Yeah. I'll just post a picture of Tugboat on, on, our, on the uh, world champion podcast one. Yeah. Uh, I love Star Wars The Force Awakens. Well, you're in the minority. <laughs> not. How 90s is that? Or is so, that 80s? Not. Not's probably. Not. I bet that's 92, 93. Someone pulled a not out the other day and kind of blew my mind. An older guy. <laughs> oh, good. And, he, and I was like, wow, is this. God, where was I? It was someone who was like 50. And he did it. He, and he was being non ironic. Yeah. He not. told me something and he went, not. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I know, right? People people think millennials are dumb. <laughs> go, let's go back twenty five years and look at that Einsteinian humor, or or psych. Yeah, let's go back, psych. We can't go back. There's no time machines. <laughs> I have also only seen one of the X Files movies and none of the TV episodes. Wow, I've made a huge mistake. I was going to go off on a, about that on this episode. I've been watching the X-Files, and I'm on halfway through season two, and I'm like, my God, this would have been, I would have obsessed over this yeah. as, as, a, as a 12-year-old or what, whatever. Yeah. I'm just kicking myself. <laughs> it's like nothing but regret. Yeah. Um, if you ever need someone to overact again or talk about useless facts like how lactose tolerance evolved in three separate populations of humans, don't hesitate to let me know. Well, yeah, let us, yeah, t- obviously t- tell us about that. Right. Yeah. That's that's super interesting. Yeah, so get at us with that one, and give us some. To- we're already begging for topics. This is we, we, the show's run its course already. In six episodes. <laughs> we're out. We're out. Help, we're, we're out. We're done. Yeah, help us. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, longtime listener, first time emailer, tweeted you guys a few times. It's great to have the Fight for Comics gang at least partly back together. And if you didn't know, Sean Leslie and some other cohorts are doing all new Wednesday Warriors. Go check that out mm-hmm. for your comic book stuff. And Jonas has kind of disappeared once he got into, like, somewhere in the old so- Soviet satellite countries. I don't remember which one. He kind of lost contact, right? Went black. What's, is it going black? What's the term? Going dark? Burn notice? Burn. He might have <laughs> gotten his burn notice. notice, notice, <laughs> did, notice. Did, I think he got a burn notice. That sounds right. Yeah. Because when he said that, and I was like, oh, I've never seen the show. And he's like, no, I, I live the show. I just got my burn I notice. I got a burn notice. I got to go. Right. And we didn't know he was a spy. But it kind of makes sense. Remember how often he'd be like, well, I almost died today. Yeah, and, and any longtime listener of our old shows will know that that's true. Mm-hmm. There were some near-death brushes left and right. Yeah. Uh, I just got up to your X-Files episode and thought you guys would get a kick out of why I'm a huge X-Files fan, which I think are just called X-Files, X-Piles. Uh, so the first time I saw the X-Files, I was nine years old at a motel above the Arctic Circle in Sweden. I was in oh, room. I thought he was talking about the fast food restaurant. That's like what a, I thought, too. Like a parking lot. I thought that, too. There's a burger joint called Arctic Circle. You were literally in the Arctic Circle. Well, maybe they have Arctic Circles in Sweden. Oh, so it was an Arctic Circle in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Okay. I was in the room with my mom and grandma who proceeded to get packing as we were going to Stockholm the next day. They turn on the one English channel at the hotel, and lo and behold, at the end, it's at the end of an X-Files episode. It's one of the first ones with black tar, and I sat in horror... My nine-year-old heart racing as I watched a man leaking a black ichor from one of his eyes and his mouth while the other eye was still sewn shut. He was knocking on the glass phone booth. 
I know exactly which one he's talking about. You do? Good use of the word ichor. Uh, I used to have nightmares until I decided to attempt to watch the entire series in high school between trips to Hollywood Video, Blockbuster, and eventually the early mail-order version of Netflix. I managed to watch it all and get over my fear of the show. Uh, finally, I'd love to hear you guys review two episodes specifically, season one's Beyond the Sea, with, I l- uh, with I- the guest star Brad Dourif. Okay, I just watched that. We could do this next episode. Let's do it next episode, because okay. I think we're running low on time. Uh, but guest star Brad Dourif, uh, especially seeing how wasted he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't see him on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the season nine episode, Improbable, with dancing Burt Reynolds. I don't know if I can. I don't remember that I one. I don't know if I can do that, though. I'm watching him chronologically. Yeah. Can I jump to it? Will it despoil the story? If Pro- it's season nine, it's probably not even Mulder and Scully. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, also, it sounds like, well, here's the thing I worry about when I hear something like that. Is this whole alien conspiracy thing, is it a tap-dancing Burt Reynolds at the top of it? That's, that's my initial guess when I watched the first season. And now it sort of sounds like I'm on the right track. Yeah. He's at the very center of all this. Well, when like Mulder gets a message from Deep Throat and he opens up the newspaper and does the crossword puzzle and it spells out Turd Ferguson. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, com- that gets resolved later. Okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's too late. <clears throat> Ryan Stone gives us a UFO experience. Oh, nice. Yes, for UFO encounters. My UFO experience comes from my childhood and made, had made me a steadfast believer in life beyond our planet. I was 12 years old. My brother and I stayed at a week-long overnight summer camp in New Hampshire. There were roughly 20 other youths around our age and three counselors in our group. Near the end of the week, our group hiked several miles into the woods to a camping spot that overlooked a swampy lake. Well, this is perfect already. God, you're painting the picture. Yeah. Uh, that evening around the campfire, one of the counselors, a British Marine, spotted something in the sky. Our entire group witnessed some type of craft ringed with glowing lights moving erratically over the lake. Its movements were incredibly quick and moved an, in an unworldly flight pattern. What's t- a, what is up with the erratic flights of these UFOs? Are the people driving them just drunk? Is every UFO that we see some kind of awful driving mistake? That's interesting. I mean, I guess the erratic movement is to prove that they're not adhering to the typical flight principles that our planes do. But, God, you're telling me... But why are they doing that? So this alien is sitting there. He's going from zero to, like, 90 immediately and then going, like, 100 feet down. Maybe that's why they're here in the first place, because they're drunk. Well, I was going to say, it seems like every maneuver you make, you would just vomit. And then they shoot up the ship straight up. You're just vomiting. That's the whole reason. They're not here to look at us. They're not here to observe us or abduct us. They're drunk and got lost on the way to Venus. That's true. Or they're testing some kind of Dramamine where they're like, these these are just like pharmaceutical pill test trials where they're like, all right, let's get you super car sick or UFO sick in this this example. Yeah. And then we'll see if this drug works or not. It has nothing to do with Earthlings at all. It's just to see, will, will we keep vomiting in these, these hyperspace ships? While two of our counselors who clearly saw the object told the rest of us it was nothing but a stunt plane, the counselor, who was a British Marine, <laughs> was baffled and terrified by the unknown craft in the sky, which made the rest of us extremely uneasy. So you're out in the middle of the woods, and there's a swamp, and there's a plane flying over doing like barrel rolls and stuff. That was their explanation? Yeah, it makes a sense. A stunt plane? At night? Yeah. At night? Yeah. With no audience? <laughs> With no audience. That sounds, I guess sounds about right. That night, we all piled into two tents, and I slept with one eye open for fear of an alien creeping up on our small band of campers. 
I also held my pee because I was convinced the late night visit to the outhouse would result in me walking in on an alien taking shit. It is pretty scary to pee when you're camping. Oh, yeah. When you're a little kid and a, a grown man podcaster. <laughs> an alien taking a shit. That was on X-Files, sort of. Was there? I don't know. They on the Reese on the new one. They walked into the outhouse, and it was the flight of the Concords. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that episode that so much. So good. Uh, the next morning, we all had a good laugh about the UFO oh, UFO we saw the night before. But that moment has always stuck with me. I don't know exactly what I saw that night, nearly twenty years ago, but I'm sure that it was not of this world. The truth is out there. Yeah, and and tell us your truths. Keep these UFO stories coming in. I love these. Write us in. Ryan gives us a PS. If you're a universally loved Avenger, you're definitely not Hank Pym. Yeah, but I I don't I don't like him bringing up super delegates <laughs> this late in the show. The po- political talks at the beginning. Clay, here's recommendations you should search out on streaming: Miami Vice and Magnum PI. Okay. See, I I these were just a little bit before my time. I was yep. not interested in these at that age that they were on. It's true. I, same with me. They're a little bit like grown-up shows. Yeah. Whereas, like, I didn't understand exactly what they were doing in Miami Vice. Yeah. I knew there were some kind of cops, but I didn't realize the whole, like, drugs going into Florida stuff. Yeah, and they didn't like saxophones. Yeah. And that was, seems like a sax-heavy show. It also just seemed like being an adult was so stressful and, and like, intense. Because yeah. it wasn't one of those adult things that's like, oh, this is for grown-ups. It's cool. Yeah. It was like, this is for grown-ups. It's boring. Right. That's sort of how I felt about both those shows. Um, Well, it sounds pretty good now, though. Miami Vice always revolved around the basic themes, drug smuggling, cocaine, heroin, and prostitution. (laughs) Five seasons of nothing but that. Uh, Every season featured a lot of up-and-coming actors like Bill Paxton, Phil Collins, Liam Neeson, Sheena E., James Brown. I think Willie Nelson even played a Texas Ranger. Best episodes, Heart of Darkness with Ed O'Neill. Whatever Works with uh, Eartha Kitt and Santeria. Tale of the Goat, which has Link from the Mod Squad and Voodoo Zombies, a la Serpent in the Rainbow. Oh, shit. Back in the World, Vietnam Drug Smuggling Corpses. Definitely Miami, Ted Nugent, a.k.a. Sweaty Teddy, the drug dealer. Little Miss Dangerous, uh, with Fiona running from a serial killer. He says Fiona, singer. Does he mean Fiona Apple? She'd be too young. No, Fiona would be like 10 years old. Not even that. She'd be like five years old. When Irish Eyes Are Crying with Liam Neeson. Streetwise, Bill Paxton, Wesley Snipes. Missing Hours, James Brown as UFO cult leader. Uh, that might be the one. Holy cow. That might be the winner. Uh, Mirror Image and Hostile Takeover in which Crockett has amnesia and takes over his undercover persona. This sounds pretty cool. And then Magnum P.I., great detective series with characters who all served in Nam together. Uh, favorite episode is Home from the Sea. That's the premise. They're all returned to Vietnam. Jonathan Hickman-esque. Wait, sorry. The the, the the theme of the whole show is their Vietnam vets? I guess. That was the A-team also. Gosh. Vietnam was a big deal. It was. Yeah. And rightly so. It was horrific. Yeah. But and it did. It, it, some good came from it. Because now you can go into any airport and there's a Bubba Gump restaurant. That's true. After the hero of of Vietnam. Of the Vietnam. The guy who won it. Right. Yeah. And so that's, so like, I mean, it's one of those bittersweet things. Like, Vietnam was definitely a horrible thing. But now we have Bubba Gump restaurants in almost every airport. I think I read something. Maybe that was a parody. (laughs) Never mind. I think that was an onion article. (laughs) 
Micah Taylor writes in. He re- he got this in as God, we, we were got recording. A, a lot of, of email. Uh, oh, is this the one that dinged during the episode? Yeah. Since I'm guessing our old greeting retired with FFC, I'll address you by saying, "Good morrow, scholarly gentlemen." Now that I like, I actually prefer that to "What up, diarrhea faces." You do somehow it, it, it doesn't it doesn't quite self esteem as much. It, yeah, but it doesn't quite roll off the tongue the way diarrhea people does. <laughs> diarrhea people. Diarrhea faces. What is it? Diarrhea face? Yeah. First of all, welcome back to the land of podcasting. Sounds like you've secured yourselves quite the lucrative and legitimate contract. That's what I've been arguing. We've been having some disagreements about it. Heated. Now for the business of aliens and such, after listening to your podcast and seeing the declassified government documents about UFOs a few weeks before, I was wondering which idea scares you more, that we are being observed by beings from other planets or that our or someone else's government has been developing extremely advanced means of flight, surveillance, weaponry, etc. Or even more, what if our government has been dissecting and reverse engineering alien technology Independence Day style for the past 70 years? And he ends it, strong feelings of affection for you, gents, which I also appreciate. Gosh, hmm. that's a tough one. Um, I'm probably still going to have to go with aliens. As the scariest? Yeah. There's yeah. something frightening. Like, we know that people are capable of killing other people. And we know that the government is developing some technology, whether or not it's UFOs. They're working on something that we don't like. Something that, that's like uh, maybe, maybe a, a jet fuel that melts still beams or something. Yeah. It could be any kind of alien technology. Yeah. But I find the idea, it's not really the aliens in the ships watching us. It's yeah. when I'm wandering around. It's, it's like that, the first scene in E.T., where he's outside wandering around in a farm, and then there's something running around in the cornfield. Or yeah. like signs. God, the first time I saw signs, it's pretty scary. It scared the shit the, the, out of me. The uh, the birthday party video. It was that was that the whole theater screamed at the yeah. birthday party video. But the thing that really freaked me out horribly in that was the very first time Mel Gibson wakes up. I think it's Mel Gibson, or it's either Mel Gibson or or the the bad guy in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Um. He goes to the window because he hears something, and then he he looks out, and then there's like a farmhouse in the distance, and there's something standing on the roof of the farmhouse. Oh, yeah. I almost, I got chills right now just talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like this. There's something about something being there, but not. It's almost scarier when you see something and then it's gone than if something's running at you. That sounds idiotic to say out loud, but, but it's just, I found that. Signs scared the shit out of yeah. me the first time I saw it. Plus, like, you know, what do they want? We, we, we assign our own human values to what they might want, but we don't know that. Well, a, a big one, which I think is guilt. I think this is a collective guilt of, of testing on animals and stuff. Mm. But the big one is that the aliens are testing us. They're, like, just dissecting us, vivisection, like, just putting things in us. Yeah. And that obviously is, is a primal horrifying fear of being basically cut open without being able to do anything about yeah. it. You know, so clearly, that's that, but that's our values that we're. Who even knows what we? They're alien. We can't even comprehend their well, maybe, system of beliefs or well, whatever. It could be like a. It seems like what they're doing is a mental vivisection. Mm. Seems like they're testing out what happens when you drive a person totally insane, and that's actually pro- more horrifying than being tortured. You think think about going insane. I was reading. I was reading about uh, psychotic breaks today, mm-hmm. just randomly. More of our random internet research, and uh, what what a lot of different cases sound like is the first time someone has a f- true psychotic break with reality. It's they describe it as 
being on like LSD without taking drugs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they think someone has slipped them drugs because they have this profound, just, just, I, I, it sounds horrifying. Now, you, now just, just going crazy biologically from, from schizophrenia or something is, is a, you know, really frightening thing. But if you were being driven insane by weird things in your head, like a little piece of metal that was doing something to your brain or some, something injected into you from aliens, some kind of glowing green ooze that's making you hallucinate. And then they're also fucking with you. So maybe these aliens are, are not only doing stuff to your mind, but then like scaring you, showing up, making parts of your memories erased, you know? That's, that's pretty frightening. Let's stop talking about this. I know, we should. Because I'm getting scared. I'm scared, too. I'm going to go back to thinking about stabbing my eyeball. How do you think I feel? <laughs> there is, we'll have to share this. There's this graphic that I saw on the internet about five years ago about what to do if you happen to be the first human to meet an alien. Oh, okay. And it's really interesting. You know, you got you to gotta teach them how to, that you know how binary works. You got to show them Why that you that know important? where the Earth is. Because they figure that no matter how different and weird our communication systems are, they will probably, ha- if they're advanced enough to travel the universe, they will have knowledge Computers. of binary. They'll just understand like that concept of like basic math. Maybe it's not even binary, but you just need to show them that like you can tell that. Oh, this is what it is. You're supposed to show them the Pythagorean the- theorem. Okay. So then they know that you're intelligent. Because they will have their own version of the Pythagorean the- theorem. No matter what. No matter what. Are you sure? Yeah, so you just draw it to show that like, you understand how that works, too. And then, they're, and then they'll know that we're not just like puppies or whatever. Okay. I better learn the Pythagorean... <laughs> First, I better learn to say learn it. Learn how to say it. Learn to say it. Yeah. And then learn to draw the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, there's, there's all these tips about like math stuff. And then, and then draw them the solar system and show them that you know where you are. So you like draw the sun and then all the different planets and circle Earth. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, they know that they're in space. And okay, okay. I can handle that one maybe. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> don't, uh, don't tell the government. Just go straight, oh, go straight no. to the news. Oh, smart. Yeah. Smart. Go straight to the news. Um, don't make any dumb pop culture references because what you say is going to be very, very important. <laughs> so, so you don't want to get up to your press conference and say, I met E.T. So basically, you and I are the last two people that should run into aliens. Right. We should not represent the human race. No, because you're going to be like, dude, you seen Star Wars? Remember the cantina scene? Well, guess yeah. what? It, this is so wicked. You know those giant, you know the, the 311 album? <laughs> Have you looked at the CD? The CD itself has got this wicked alien with the big giant eyes. It's nothing like that. Uh, they suggest saying something very sort of stoic, like we've made contact or they're peaceful because it's going to go on a plaque someday. So you, um, so you shouldn't say like, yippee they're here yeah. and they're near. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they're here and they're near. Or maybe write something out real cool like that. Um, it says you'll probably be killed. By the aliens? No, you say you'll be the most important human on Earth, and no matter what you do, you'll be extremely controversial. There's too many subversive parties who will want you dead for whatever reason. Oh, God. One of them will succeed eventually. Then maybe you shouldn't go to the press. Maybe you don't tell anybody. Why is it important to tell everyone if you're going to be killed? Well, you're going to die eventually. Yeah, well, that's one way to look at it, but I hope it's not today. Or soon, even. 
In fact, I hope that I lived to at least be an 80-year-old man in a haunted house. <laughs> with, yeah. I'm, I, I haven't even built my first landmine. <laughs> I'm too young. Too young. All right, we'll post that. Um, interesting. Wherever Jonas is, he's bowling very well. Mm. I just got a, a transmission on the wire. Anyway, I think that's our show. I think it is. Until next week. Yeah, farewell from Smogvale. We'll see you at the fair. Mm-hmm.